Welcome to the Perfect First Layer Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we answer questions from you, the 3D printer community. My name is Guy Dunlap from Guy's Shop, and as always, are my co-host JJ Nathan. Say hello, guys. Hello. 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 And we do depend on your questions for this podcast, so if you have one for our panel, please go to perfectfirstlayer.com, go to the submit page, and send it along. We also have a Patreon account. We only have one level right now, and we are simply asking for a small donation to help keep this podcast going. So please go to worldwidewebpatreon.com, perfectfirstlayer. So, what do you got going in the lab right now? Nathan. All right. So, I just finished moving. Um, I used to be operating out of D.C., but now I'm in the Midwest. So, um, I had to move all of my stuff, all my printers. A couple of them didn't make the cut, so I had to throw them in a giant junk pile, which is sure to (laughs) ruffle some feathers because I know people don't like seeing printers get uh, mistreated and sent to the to the junkyard or recycling or wherever it's going. Um, but yeah, I'm starting up a whole new lab out here. So it's going to be a big change, a big experience. And I'm also doing YouTube full-time now or just 3D printing stuff full-time. So I'm, I'm going to try maybe doing some 3D printing consulting and maybe classes or, you know, whatever people need. Um, just trying to make a living off of it. When, when do you think you'll have your uh, office space set up in your studio? Well, I've got the lease signed and I've got some stuff in there. I'm thinking maybe in two weeks I'll be able to start filming there. Oh, that quick. Yeah. Nice. It's it must always be fun nice to... to be young. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have to fix all my staircases and, and uh, molding around the house. Yeah, that's like true. you do. That's true. Well, I don't have to either. It's just my wife wants me to do it. Right. Those are the the same in my book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something's broken. It's got to get fixed. But uh, what have you got going on, JJ? Yeah, ton of printing. Um, Dabbling my toes in resin printing and uh, Mm -hmm. breaking. Hopefully not literally. Not literally. (laughs) dipping my gloved fingers into resin and uh, keeps breaking. I have to keep fixing new things. It's funny how many new issues I'm running into. Like I know how to solve FDM issues, but now I'm figuring out all the resin issues that can happen. And uh, it's a lot. (laughs) I I said, I've had one for about a year now. I I haven't had that many issues. Every now and then something doesn't stick to the plate, but other than that, yeah, I had a f- one didn't stick, and so then I tried to scrape it off, and I scraped too hard, and I damaged the FEP screen, and so then replacing yeah. the FEP screen, I cracked the frame, <laughs> and so then I tried to super glue it back together, and then it was printing well for a few times, and then I don't sh- not sure if the super glue fell apart or if I just spilled some, and some resin got on the LCD, and so. I got a new screen now. I just have to, I've taken a day off from it. And so I need to go back and see how bad of an issue I need to fix now. Um, wow. so, so yeah. Do you think it's a printer issue, an operator issue, or just the nature of uh, resin printing? I think it's an operator issue of like <laughs> one issue led to another issue. And just like not learning these little things that I think an experienced resin printer person would 
know what to do and how to fix those issues, but I tried to fix them in the wrong way and it led to more problems. So this yeah. first video is going to be interesting. Yeah. When do you think that's going to come out? Uh, probably next, early next week, hopefully. Oh, cool. Um, hopefully I can get things working enough. Yeah, hopefully nice. you'll have a lot of lessons learned. So uh, when yeah. I get my resin printer going, I can learn from it and not make the same mistakes. <laughs> yeah, because I got a second one from Creality now that showed up. And now that I know how to do things correctly, I haven't had any issues with it and it's printing beautifully. Um, and so it's like, ah, I, I think all those issues were me. <laughs> uh, so well, yeah. I see you've got a K1 back there behind you. Yeah, I've been doing a ton of K1 printing and... Um, I think my next video is going to be five to 10 tips on how to get better prints out of your K1 because there's all these little quirks with it that I think I've, it's getting better and better. And I use it way more than the P1P now. I think it's a great really? all around printer. Yeah. It what uploads do, so you, much What do you faster. like about it more than the P1P? I think it uploads super quick. So if you're printing something, I timed it. And from clicking upload on the P1P takes eight minutes before it starts laying down the first layer. And the K1 takes three minutes. So if you're only printing something that takes five to 10 minutes, that added time onto it, it's just annoying for troubleshooting or printing small things. Um, yeah. And the versatility of the K1, how you can really handle any filaments on it from high temperature to PLA, I enjoy. Well, that's that's really awful. You know, I got a, I got a, I got a three minute print. It's taking five minutes to even start up. It's so oh my it's, God, this print's going to take eight, eight to ten minutes. It's oh my so God, slow. it's so awful. It's so awful. <laughs> Don't you guys remember the days of you know? Well, you know, if I start this now, thirteen hours later, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. A long print, it doesn't matter. But when you're printing something <laughs> quick. That extra five minutes is, it's just annoying in my head. And so yeah. that's why I don't use it as much. Yeah, that's yeah, funny. I think, I think with the P1P, they really put like as cheap of a microprocessor as possible on there. Yeah. So they send it the zipped file and then it has to unzip it and it like takes a long time. Versus with the K1, they put a pretty nice um, processor inside mm -hmm. of it. And I think it's kind of like closer to the X1C in a lot of ways. But it's like K1, it's like P1P priced. So, yeah, yeah. See, I, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal sending it over because most of the time when I, the, the my printer's out in the garage, so I'll start a print and I'll, I'll forget I'm even anything is even printing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So waiting four or five minutes isn't a, a big deal for it to start to print. If it was sitting right here behind me, yeah, that would bother me because I'd always be checking it. Mm -hmm. But yeah. since it's in a, another part of the house, it doesn't doesn't bother me at all. Right. And according to a lot of people, they, they say that the P1P doesn't come with an enclosure. But we know that Guy has proven that to be incorrect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's got a very nice brown enclosure, tan yeah. enclosure. It looks think really nice. It's even branded. It even says Bamboo Labs P1P on it. I think Guy forgot to do the unboxing video, so it's still in the box. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I, I, th I, I have my. Uh, I got a uh, email from Creality saying my P1P is going to ship, or my P1P, my K1 is going to ship today. 
and they'll send me the the tracking number when it does. So I'm looking forward to get, seeing what the difference is between the production model and the pre-release or the engineering models that you guys got. Yeah. Mine was having some issues with the extruder. So they're going to send out the the production version of the extruder to see if it's any better. I, I think they did some fixes to it. So hopefully what problems that were you having? Um, it, so in a lot of my videos, it had like an inconsistent first layer. And I think that was related to the extruder not extruding 100% of the time. So it would like under extrude a little bit. And then that looked like um, the first layer mesh wasn't good. But I, I tightened down the extruder lever using like a little piece of wire. And after that, I've been getting perfect first layers, um, which is great because now I can talk about the podcast when I see those perfect first layers. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, I recently got a pretty interesting printer. It's a, made by a company called Tier Time, and it's a Cetus 2. It's kind of a weird thing. It's actually a thing that's built like a tank. Uh, weighs about 35 pounds. There's almost no plastic on it at all whatsoever. Everything is stamped steel. Um, but what it is, it's a, it's a two-color printer, and it's got two extruders and one nozzle. But it actually has two different melt zones. Hmm. Yeah, that's so it switches it. The, the the color on the fly. So have you started testing it? Yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. Um, the software that it comes with is horrid. I mm. mean, just horrid. I, I I have a pretty fast computer, and I click on the button to start up the software. Ten minutes later it may decide to come up. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But once <laughs> it's up, it's fine. Huh. Um, the printer worked fine for the first test print. Then I turned it off mm. and walked away from it. And I came back and the Wi-Fi module died on it. So mm. now I can't connect to it anymore. So... There's no way the, the software doesn't allow you, not that I found anyways, allow you to save the G code on an SD card. That's weird. it either has to be hooked up directly to the printer through the USB or connect over Wi-Fi hmm. to send a file to it. So basically I can't do anything right now unless I want to, you know, carry a a, a big huge desktop printer into my garage or bring the printer in here. I don't want that printer in my, in my, my, my office. Cause it's loud. I mean, really loud. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want to mess with it. I said, I want to like, I want to like the printer because it, it's actually pretty neat. And it, the test, uh, the, the test model they sent on an SD card, it actually worked really, really well. And it does the two colors and it doesn't use a purge tower. Yeah, I'm looking at the mm. uh, the Indiegogo campaign to wow. kind of preview what you're talking about, but it looks really neat. Like they can switch colors almost instantly, it looks yep. like. Yep. Um, you still can use purge, but you the way it, way it works 
you can you can do a purge tower, but you can also do a purge internally inside the model. But it's not like infill. What you do is you create a sub model, and then that gets the purge. It's hard to explain. Uh, so it's more solid, like a solid core yeah. inside of the print. Yeah, the purge into. The software, like I said, is horrid. It's really super hard to use. It's not intuitive at all. Is, um, it, um, is it based on Cura or Prusa Slicer? Neither. It's oh, based no. on total insanity. Okay. <laughs> Somebody, there's an engineer that sat, sat there, and I'm sure they said, wow, this is really easy for people with a 200 IQ to use. Right. But for us, us guys that, you know, didn't graduate the fifth grade, it's it's very difficult. It's just not easy to use. Hmm. And I said, the thing is, it's not intuitive. Any slicer that, you know, you look at, you can kind of figure it out in 20 minutes or so. Like, this is this. Okay, now I know what that is. This is, okay, now I know that. With this, it's just like, what the hell am I doing? None of it hmm. makes any sense. So it's just, it's not good. And it's just deadly slow. So, but you can, they do have a Cura profile that you can import and use it in Cura. I just mm. don't know if that's going to work for me or not. So, yeah. Yeah. That's something I've noticed is when I get a 3D printer in for review, sometimes the software isn't fully super well um, finished. And then they'll be like, oh, but there's this other way you can do it. And then I try that and it's like, it just won't run. So it's like, <laughs> Uh, there's definitely a lack of polish uh, is kind of the industry standard. And I think that's where Bamboo Lab has done a really good job is they, they released really well-polished software, in my opinion. Well, I, I think there was a lot of complaints when Bamboo first started that it wasn't, but they fixed it over time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I will say about this print, I've only had it, I just got it last week. And um, I emailed them yesterday yesterday i didn't mess with it for a couple three days but then i emailed them yesterday to open up a support ticket for the wi-fi and they emailed me back within like three or four hours so i did it at night so you know they're in china so they're 12 hours ahead of us um but uh i said you know up upgrade the firmware which i did and no love so I emailed them again this later this afternoon, and uh, we'll see what they what they say to that. I think the board is bad. I think whenever whenever a company tells me to update the firmware, I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's not going to fix the problem. <laughs> well, I, I I did it just because you know. Yeah. You say you're going to try. Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll do it. No problem. Uh, I th- it's got a it uses an ESP. Was it ESP two sixty six? Is that the, the thing they the little Wi Fi module that plugs yeah. in ESP thirty two, something like that. Yeah, yeah, whatever that one. <laughs> um, but it's got one of those on it, and I think it went bad because it it worked at first, and then it decided not to work anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. super weird when something works and then doesn't. It's like, yeah. oh, there could be a lot of issues along the way. Of yeah. what I, I, it's not like I, I didn't open the thing up or anything. So, um, yeah. 
I think the future that like uh, a lot of 3D printers are trying to move towards is not having to use your computer. Like with the Creality um, K1, I mean, it has all the stuff on it to be able to access Creality Cloud from the little touchscreen and select things that you want to print out. I don't know if that's their eventual goal, but like if you can get the computer out of the workflow and you can just like type something in that you want to print and press a button and have it. Like that's eliminating the slicer and all sorts of stuff. Like that'd be a crazy future for 3D printing. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, a lot of customers really want that where it's like, I don't have a big, powerful desktop. Like I don't want to do this computer or a lot of people live off their phones. And so if you could do the slicing on the cloud and everything through your phone, I think a lot of people would like that. Yeah. yeah, and I was uh, I was moving recently, and you know the movers were asking like, "Hey, what are all these things that you have at my three D printers?" I'm like, yeah, you can have one if you want. I've got way too many of them. And they're like, How do I use it? And I'm like, "Well, you have to do this, and then you get the slicer, and then they're like, uh, no thanks." So, like, I I'm we're in this community where everybody knows how to use a three D printer, which mm-hmm. is like a very niche skill, and it's kind of odd. And I feel like my sense of like how easy a 3D printer is to use is kind of warped because when you go to the general population and you're like, hey, would you buy this 3D printer? They'd be like, yeah, sure. And then it's like, okay, but you have to do all this crap. And then it might scare a lot of people off. So I think for the hobby to grow into like something that's commercially viable or like mainstream, they've really got to reinvent the whole workflow. Yeah, and it, it, we, we've talked about this a couple times, but, you know, it's like I said, I, I gave a, a printer to, to a friend of mine, and I, I, I asked, I just point blanked, you know, are, are you going to try to learn about this, or do you expect to just turn it on and it to work for you? Because it's not going it, to, it was a Creality printer, it's an Ender 3. And it's like, it's, it's going to work fine the first couple prints, but then after that, it's not. And you're going to have to figure it out. Don't call me. One thing I was thinking about recently for making it easier for people, if the printer would keep some sort of internal timer and recommend fixes after a thousand hours, be like, hey, maybe you should change the nozzle out. Or I don't know how long it should be. (laughs) But after a long enough, I was talking to my dentist and he was like, yeah, I've gotten weird. Or I mentioned I do 3D printing stuff. And he's like, I've got a 3D printer and had a bunch of issues with it after a long time. And I was like, okay, well, you're getting weird under extrusions all of a sudden. I was like, have you changed the nozzle? And he was like, I'm supposed to do that? (laughs) And it's like, yeah, like it's one of those little things that in the 3D printing community we see as normal. Um, But someone who doesn't know after a thousand hours, you don't think about changing your nozzle ever. I, I think I think there's a, a lot of hobbies that people get into that, you know, they just don't realize what it takes to get into. 3D printing is one of those, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure there's other hobbies like that too. It just takes a while if you're gonna if you're gonna jump into the pool and start doing that stuff, and you got to learn how to do it. Unless you want a, just a, a just a tool, and I don't want to mess with it, kind of thing. And that's when you start getting into the, the, the commercial printers, which are, you know, not $300, $400, $500, They're thousands of dollars. Well, so, I, I got to bring something up, though. Guy, you were talking about other hobbies that require a lot of skill and time to learn, and you didn't bring up woodworking. 
So no, I didn't. <laughs> I almost but, did. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a good example though, because like you can't just buy a set of chisels and expect to have nice things come out. Like you got to learn. No, yeah, it's it, it takes a lot of time and patience. Um, but like I said there's there's a lot of things like that. You know, fixing a car up. You know, body work on a car. It's just all kinds of all kinds of stuff. So, all right, you guys ready to take some questions? Yes. Yeah. All right. This question actually dovetails. Where's my woodworking? <clears throat> into uh, what we were just talking about, and this is the uh, question. Hello, guys. I'm Lister from the Netherlands. I really enjoy your podcast, so keep up the good work. Well, thank you. So as a wannabe printer owner, I'm in search for a printer that fits my needs. What I'm looking for is ease of use, reliability, print quality, and a 350 euro dollar max. I really hate to spend much time on a printer instead of printing. So that's why reliability and ease of use is important for me. In that regard, I thought a secondhand Prusa MK3 would be the best choice, but they'll sell for around 500 euro where I live, meaning I have to save a bit longer. Another option is to buy a cheaper new printer like the uh, the Sovol SVO6, which fits my budget. This printer seems to tick all the boxes of what would normally be upgraded on cheaper machines. I wonder what your opinion is. Would you recommend either of these or maybe something else? Kind regards, Matrusoft. Probably pronouncing his name wrong. So he wants a $350 printer, give or take a few. And he really wants a tool. He doesn't want to tinker with anything. And... It sounds like he's been uh, investigating it because he knows what the upgrade paths are on the cheap machines. So it sounds like, you know, I direct drive, automatic bed leveling, stuff like that. So have either of you guys used an S, uh, a Sobel SV06? Yeah, I have. I have a review on one, I think. Did you post a review? Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, the title of the review was Soval SVO6, um, half the, uh, no, no, one third the price with half the build quality or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. in reference to the, um, the Prusa machine that it's roughly based off of, it's not as well built as one of, as a Prusa, but it's significantly cheaper. Um, what's, what's not as well built on it? Well, I was having issues with the Z axis, not having enough current being delivered to the stepper okay. motor. Oh, so right. I had a, some layer shifting issues. So like as it's printing, it, it like kind of skips its steps. And then you have like a, a part in the print where it just doesn't work correctly. Mm-hmm. And I was able to fix that just by increasing the reference voltage on the stepper driver. But that's getting into territory of like something you have to tinker on. And it's not really a tool like he's asking for. That said, a lot of people have got the SVO6 and haven't had any issues with it. So if it requires just a little bit of work to get it working 100%, um, I think it's probably a good option. Yeah. And if that's a one-off, like seems like a, 
one motor being slightly tuned incorrectly. Uh, yeah. You could have that issue on a new one, or you could might not have that issue type thing. Right. So with regard to the SV06, the only thing that I think needs to be upgraded on it is the part cooling because it can only print up to about a 45 degree angle before the part cooling isn't sufficient, which is pretty lackluster. Um, usually you want to be able to print overhangs up to like 60 or 70 degrees. So when I'm talking about overhang angles, that's like if you're trying to uh, print an arch, like how far up you could go on the arch until it starts having print quality issues. Yeah, and that's at regular speed or you're trying to push the envelope? These were at standard speeds. I was getting okay. about a 45 degree angle. Yeah. And then 50 and 55 degrees started looking a little bit messy. Yeah, that's pretty low. Like usually I feel like 60 is the standard. And nowadays everything is getting better and better than 60. But yeah. going back to 45 is pretty bad. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it just needs a little part cooling upgrade, mm -hmm. um, which I would be comfortable putting on my printer myself, but not everyone wants to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, if you use anything in that price range that you might be uh, recommending, JJ? Not much recently, but the, I've heard good things about the Soval. Um, and the other one I have tried is the Elegoo Neptune 3 Series. Um, mm -hmm. I tried their Big Max printer and have had just amazing results with it. And I think they have different, a wide price range and different sizes of printer that could work in different ways. Um, that's one that I've been impressed with at that cheaper price range, um, that a lot of printers are getting all those added features now of yeah. auto bed leveling, a good PEI bed, direct drive. Um, so something in that range or the Soval, I think could be a great option for a lot of people. I, I think I mentioned it last time I, I've received, a artillery sidewinder x2 mm. and yeah those I was gonna, are around 350 now yeah i was going to bring that up because uh those are excellent printers and uh I'll, I'll probably throw in my two cents about recommending one of those yeah i mean it, it's yeah. I've, so far i've been pretty happy with the only thing i've been unhappy with it is the bed it's too sticky what kind of bed is it glass Oh yeah. And you can't take it off. It's part of the system. So, um, it's not like it's a removable glass bed. It's the, 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 uh, screws that hold it onto the, the carriage are like glued into the thing. So you can't really. So one trick to remove those glued beds, you get the bed up nice and hot and then you go at it with a scraper. And you can peel it off. I peeled it off the uh, AnyCubic Mega S had the same thing of a glued down bed. Yeah, but it's not It's not glued down to anything. Yeah, it's a glass bed. It's a glass they, bed with the, the heater. Yeah, they glued a silicone heater onto the bottom of it. Onto the, oh, so there's yeah. no metal layer in there. No. no. Wow, that's weird. No. So um, when, I, when I first got it, I, I printed a, a Benchy. And it stuck so hard to the thing, and I pulled it up. It pulled up chunks of glass off the bed, and that was after letting it sit. It's because I couldn't get it off. I let it sit for like two hours, and I came back to it. I still couldn't get it off, and I kind of like, 
and pulled two chunks out of the the glass bag. So yeah, I that's put, really unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, I put uh glue stick all over it and it it uh it helps. It helps get stuff off, not <laughs> sticking to it, but it helps get the stuff off now. So but yeah, I've been pretty impressed with it. It's um it's very well built, it's very polished. Um I like the cable management on it. It's very good the way it works with the ribbons. Mm. And it is upgradable too, because all those ribbons are just breakout boards. So like the 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 motherboard is an actual motherboard with regular JST connectors. It doesn't have like weird, you know, 20 pin board or 20 pin hookups on it. Um, all that stuff is on breakout boards at other places. So um, that's kind of neat. One thing I did notice too is that it actually has replaceable stepper drivers, which I wasn't expecting. Mm. Yeah. So that was interesting. Um, yeah, it'd be nice if Creality learned about those. But I think some people <laughs> uh, really like soldered on connect uh, stepper drivers and some people don't. So it's like... Yeah. I, I don't have any feeling about it either way. I just thought it was interesting. I, I hadn't seen that before because most, you know, pre-built printers, they all come with these boards on them that the, you know, the, the stepper drivers are, are, are soldered right to the PCB. Yeah. But uh, I said it, it works really well. It's not incredibly fast, but it's not really slow. Um, it's quiet as all get out. And I, I really don't see any need to upgrade anything on it, to be honest with you. What, what did you? What, what were you going to add to that, Nathan? So you were saying the price was like um, three fifty or something. Yeah, that's what I remember. Okay, yeah, it's. I've noticed that it varies a lot based on where you buy it, uh-huh. but um, with my link. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to drop an affiliate link in here. Yeah, that, but that's what you're doing. Go to NathanBillsRobot.com. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you go to Geek Buying, I won't, I won't drop the full affiliate link in here, but uh, <laughs> if you go to my video, I have one. But if you go to GeekBuying.com, they sell it for 300 And then I have a, a coupon code NBR that takes another 5% off. So yeah. it ends up being like within your price range, I think. Um, very much so within his price range. Yeah. Cause that was one thing that I, I had a hard time recommending it just because I've, I always remembered the price being like three fifty or three ninety nine or something, but on, for some reason on geek buying, it's extremely, uh, less expensive. Yeah. But even at three fifty, it's not that bad of a value because it does have a much larger build surface. Yeah, it's too bad that you're having issues with the the glass being too sticky. I've definitely had that issue on a number of printers before. On my artillery sidewinder, I got the glass bed is like the perfect amount of sticky, and it I haven't had the the stuff pull off. But um, yeah, it's just a matter of quality control and unit to unit consistency. I wonder if you could just uh, buy an aftermarket uh, PEI sheet and sticker it onto the top. Actually, I've I've got a solution for it but our second question is about bed adhesion so i'm gonna wait for that question to bring up what i did all right so is there any other any other printers that you can think of that you know 350 dollars is a pretty decent budget 
Yeah. Actually, because you, you look at like the the Elegoo Neptune Three Pro, I think you know they have they they've got that whole Pro Max Plus thing going on too, but it's like two hundred and fifty bucks, and less than that. $250. I think it's like 230 mm-hmm. and sometimes. And that seems to have everything that you would need in a but it's a smaller smaller printer than the than the artillery. Have yeah. you guys ever used yeah. well you said you I, used I've used the, the bigger one, Jason. The bigger one. Um, and I think it's the same stuff. They just made it a little bit longer <laughs> in all the axes. Um, but even on that huge printer, I've had uh, the first test prints are really small and the detail on it is impressively good. And so I feel like if they can make that one as good as it is and really not that much more expensive, um, I bet their smaller ones would be comparable in quality. Right. It seems like. Right. The other one's the Flying Bear was another one I had good results yeah. with. Oh, um, right. Another cheaper, con- cheaper one. My only concern with the Flying Bear is it doesn't have automatic bed leveling. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. That that's like that's such a useful feature, and I wish mm-hmm. that that feels like something that should be included on a standard list of features nowadays. Yeah, yeah. especially for a beginner. Yeah, and someone that just wants a tool and not something to doesn't want to upgrade anything. So it sounds like Matrisoft that we're 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 thinking the Sovel SV06 or maybe the Artillery Sidewinder would figure mm-hmm. budget and JJ's recommendation the uh, and the L- and the Elegoo the- might have something in your price range yeah uh, depending on what range, things you're too. looking at um i've heard good things about the Elegoo too mm-hmm. so all right let's get to our next question this is just you know I, I talked about it a second ago it's about bed adhesion but we're gonna take it so this comes from wayne and he says, I've been printing as far back as the ANET A8, a.k.a. the Firestarter. And I have numerous build plates, PEI, BuildTac, glass, textured PI, and even carbon fiber, which gives a great finish. I've never had a problem with adhesion. I've never had to glue, use glue or hairspray. Just wondered what you guys, what your guys go to print surfaces P.S. Only just found the podcast. Great show, guys. Oh, thanks, Wayne. So, JJ, what's I know what your go? I know what your yeah. Go to if I could only have one would be G10. Uh, I think it's fantastic. Glass-like finish works great. Doesn't need glue stick. Have um, you ever had any problems with adhesion on it at all? Ever? No, not really. I mean, if I was printing something super crazy like some abs and it was a weird shape i might put a layer of glue stick down um just as double up just in case but usually it's just clean g10 and it works great for me yeah for for our listeners who don't know what g10 is it's it's also known as garolite what it is it's just the same material they make uh pcbs out of yeah circuit board stuff circuit boards it works yeah. great you can buy it in big sheets the and other new one. Colors too. Yeah. Oh, I it's love a rainbow of G10. It's almost the best part of it is you can have any color. <laughs> you need to get like a, a custom uh, JJ Schenkel's teal sheet. Yeah. 
I, I think that they're widely used in um, knife making too. Yes. Like all the ones I've bought, I've bought from knife making suppliers. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. works great. What's, what's your go-to, Nathan? Well, on most of my printers, I have a, the textured PEI just because it works so well with, um, with PLA and PETG, which is what I print with like 95% of the time. Um, aside from that, the, the K1, the Creality's newest printer, that comes with a kind of an interesting surface, and I had really good uh, success with having things stick to it. The only downside is you have to put glue stick on it. Um, and I had one issue where I had a part come detached mid print because I was printing the same object out multiple times. So you print it once, it sticks great and then peel that off and it degrades the surface exactly where that part is. Uh, so you print it again, like the whole sheet looks like it's pretty good, but just the exact little area that you're using has been depleted a little bit. So, um, from a usability standpoint, uh, it provided great results. It's just you have to reapply and refinish it if you're, you know, wanting the best results. So is the is the the build sheet kind of like what they're using on the Bamboo X1? I haven't had a Bamboo Lab X1 Carbon or X1, but it seems like it's probably similar. It's like a black kind of matte finish thing that you have to put glue stick on. Yeah. I imagine it's the same surface, but I can't verify that i know they call it the, a cold plate on the x1 i don't know why is it is it not heated i'm sure it is. Um, some of them aren't some of them don't require heating but i think on this creality one it's uh like 40 degrees celsius instead of what you usually run pla at is like 50 or 60 so it's a little bit lower temperature but uh not exactly a what I'd consider a cold plate. What, what, what do you prefer? I guess is the, the best question I can. I can well, if I'm, it. if I'm doing something with like complex geometry and I absolutely have to have it stick a hundred percent, I would prefer that new Creality surface, whatever they're using. Um, and I guess Bamboo Lab is probably using the same thing that it just has to be treated with the glue stick. But for general purpose printing, I like the textured PEI because it's so low maintenance and it works mm -hmm. well with standard materials. It's just with textured PEI, it it errs on the side of being a little less sticky than you need it to be. So occasionally you'll still get issues where the corners are curling up a little bit or parts might come loose. Yeah, yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I, I, for a long time, the, the, the PEI was my go-to. I had a glass bed on my first printer, which was the Ender 3 V2. And it worked fine for the first half dozen prints, but then nothing would stick to it anymore. I, right. I washed it and I washed it with soap and water. I cleaned it with alcohol. I did everything to it and just nothing would stick to it anymore. Um, so I ended up putting a, a, a PEI sheet on that and was very glad I did. And that's what I ended up putting on just about everything. And I would still say that's my go-to with the exception of that Sidewinder. So I don't know if you guys watched the video I did about the 15 unnecessary Ender 5 upgrades. Tell me you watched it. You're my buds. You're my buds. I haven't watched. When did that come out? How long oh. ago did you publish it? 
two weeks ago. Okay. You guys suck. You guys <laughs> suck as friends. Uh, now I'll watch it. Is it Ender 5 S1 or Ender 5? Ender 5. Okay. That might have been. I That's where I completely any. tear down my Ender 5 and rebuild it from just the frame and motors. Yeah. So anyways, one of the things I put on it was, on JJ's recommendation, is the, the G10 played mm, yeah. on it. And it, it just rocks. It's awesome. awesome. I love that thing. Just love it, love it, love it. I haven't had any problem with things sticking to it or I actually have to pick it up and like bend it or anything like that. You just wait like 15 minutes for the print to be done and it just pops right off. Yeah. Very, very nice. And it does leave a nice smooth finish. Smooth finish. There's sometimes I like that textured finish though. Mm-hmm. So I just, I'll just use a different printer, but I just got uh, a sheet of G10 in today for my artillery sidewinder. And that's what's going on there. I'll just raise the bed temperature up like five degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And use that. And that'll, that'll solve my too darn sticky problem. <laughs> and just glue it down or what's your, what's your plan for adhesing it? To Binder clips. Bed? Oh, nice. Yeah, that works. Binder clips, Binder clips or bubble gum. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you look at my printers, like half of the ones that have glass plates on them have chunks missing out of them just because it, all you have to do is print once too close to the build surface and get it sticking too well. And then the, the whole glass sheet is kind of ruined. Also, they have that uh, black matte surface finish. They call it carbundum or some crap. Mm-hmm. Carbundum. I think, yeah. I think what it is, is it's uh, when you use a grinding wheel um, to shape a, a steel part, there's like that metal, there's that powder that flakes off as the grinding wheel wears down. Sure. Yeah, I think it's just that uh, industrial waste that they mix into <laughs> a, a glue and then apply it to the surface. And it works really well. But um, yeah, if it sticks too much and then the, the performance changes over time because you're slowly peeling that layer off, um, that's pretty much the only reason why I wouldn't recommend a glass plate anymore even though it used to be kind of like the standard. Mm-hmm. Were you guys printing at all when, you know, uh, right now features like direct drive and automatic bed leveling are almost standard on everything except the very, very lowest of the low the, the and most inexpensive printers. But there was also a time when heated beds was, you know, a feature that not all printers had. Do you guys remember yeah. those days at all? That was oh, before yeah. I got my, my first printer uh, like eight years ago. So it was pretty primitive. Did it have a heated bed? Um, mine had a heated bed. That was a big deal. Okay. I had to pay like $200 <laughs> extra for it. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what printer was that? I know you told us. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. That was the, um, the printer bot Simple Metal. Um, I don't think you ever did tell us that. Yeah, it's an old printer. It's pretty nice. Um, I was throwing out a couple of printers when I was moving just because I didn't have room and some of them, they're not all working because of my excessive mods. But um, I was going to throw that one out, but then I was like, "Ah, I can't throw that one out. That one's too special. It looks insane. I just looked up pictures of it and... Wow. It looks nothing like a modern printer. <laughs> right. It's like 
the the tool head weighs i don't know how much maybe uh, 50 60 pounds <laughs> not quite that bad but it it doesn't even have a heat break like any visible heat break i'm i'm really mm-hmm. confused on how they worked but then again they didn't work that well which is why 3d printing wasn't really like i i never got that good of print results out of it um i have a couple prints that turned out pretty well but yeah, back in those days, you had hairspray, Kapton tape, uh, blue painter's tape. What else was was there? Glue stick. Glue stick, yeah. I'm sure. Like I said, I never had to mess with any of that. The only time I've had to put glue stick on is when I was trying to get my stuff to, to, to stick to the Ender 3 V2. And even with glue stick, it wouldn't stick anymore. Just nothing stuck to that bed. It really pissed me off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or on this the sidewinder when I've been doing the testing, I've been putting glue stick on it's just so I can get the prints off the bed. I feel like that's so. the biggest issue with glass beds is the inconsistency of it. Like when you get it, it's too strong. And then a few months later, it'll be too weak. Um, so usually new ones when they show up, I'll rub my fingers all over it to kind of try to grease <laughs> ah, it up and wear them grease in. Because yeah. they stick way too strong. And then a few months later, you'll be adding glue stick to it because it won't work anymore. <laughs> Well, like I said I, I I bought that that sheet of G and the G10 is cheaper than the PEI. I mean, I yeah. bought a three ten by three ten sheet, and it was I think sixteen dollars with shipping. Oh, nice. Where'd you on eBay or where'd you find your Amazon? Oh, Amazon, yeah, yeah, and it's black too. Ooh. So, um, yeah, and actually they. They screwed up when they shipped. I got the box. Hey, there was two sheets of it in there. There's only supposed to be one. Nice. So now I have an extra sheet. So if anybody wants an extra sheet, just email me. Can All you have to do is watch my video on five, <laughs> on 15 Ender 5 upgrades and leave a comment, and you'll be in the running to get a sheet of, of G10. Unlike my friends that won't watch my video, I'm sorry. I haven't watched. I've I've spent more time uploading videos than watching videos. I know. Lately. I know. It's all about you, Nathan. It's <laughs> all about you. I watch uh, your guys' videos. Comes out. I'm watching it within you know a couple hours of it coming out. Yeah, I sat I through an hour and a half one of your videos. I'm sorry for that one. <laughs> like you, <laughs> my cheaty tech. Uh, yeah, well, I, I should I should admit I, I did skip through a lot of it. <laughs> okay, good. I, I did skip it for two times. I still spent forty five minutes watching. <laughs> yeah, that video was way too long. But sometimes you're working on a project and it's like, okay, I've got I've got ten hours of footage. I gotta just crank <laughs> something out. Otherwise, this is just gonna eat up my entire hard drive space. Yeah. And, uh, and ten hours, I've got to get I've got to get down yeah. to fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I used to do uh, multi-part videos where mm. I'd do a project. Yeah. It would take me like two or three months to make. I mean, just because it took me that long and I would mm-hmm. you know, work in the shop that weekend. And then Sunday night, I'd just throw the video together. And since I did talking hands, I didn't have to do voiceovers or anything like that. And it only take me like an hour, hour and a half to put together a 15, 20 minute video out of the footage I shot just, you know, the last day and a half. And I did that like every week until the project was done. So some of my video projects had 
and these were woodworking projects, not 3D printing projects. <laughs> they would they would take you know like ten week ten episodes to do. So a lot of people complained about that. But, <laughs> that's know. more interesting to see like the stages of a project, like a single review of a printer. If I put three parts out, no one's going to watch part three. <laughs> yeah, the the yeah. the thing with uh, I'm getting into the weeds. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I don't want to talk. Well, all I was going to say is the the purpose of that when I was doing those videos and that channel was it was an education channel. It was teaching people how to do woodworking. It wasn't, which is very complex and involved and kind of thing. So anyways, um, all right. So I think that's going to do it for this episode. And uh, thanks, guys. And remember, we really need questions and participation from you, the listener. So make sure to go to perfectfirstlayer.com and go to the submit page and ask us. Or you can email us at perfectfirstlayer at gmail.com. Thank you, JJ. So why don't you tell everybody where you can be found at, JJ? You can find me at YouTube at JJ Shankles. Always printing new things. Or you can just search hashtags for crispy dragons. <laughs> and you'll That's my find latest one. Well, see, I watch everything you do, Nathan. <laughs> Nathan, where can you be found? I'm at uh, I'm on YouTube. Just look up Nathan Builds Robots and I'll be there. All right. And uh, I can be found. Just do any search on any social media platform for guys wood shop and on youtube you can go to guys shop so all right guys very good and we will uh talk to you in a couple weeks all right thanks bye bye